All good. All good. I'll open up my iPad. I've got my research ready to rock and roll. Oh, I just burped into the mic. <laughs> I know. I know we shouldn't have had gas oh, in lager. Oh, God. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of burps to edit out. <laughs> this has been really nice for, for your editing. <laughs> okay. Uh, do you want to take it away? Yeah. Shall I do I, I'll even count us in. Okay, yeah, I'll count, even us, count in. us in. But then again, we can also do that bit where you um, leave in the casual chat pre-counting. Oh, yeah, so it sounds really like original mm. and really rough, but really we've edited it in. Yeah, 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 yeah. We've actually re- re- recorded this bit right at the end to seem really hip and cool and chill. Well, I'm doing a winky eye. <laughs> <laughs> Winky, yeah. It's just nice just to be in the same room talking to somebody. But yes, so yeah, um, this is a as of yet unnamed podcast uh, with me, Katie, and me, Vincent. <laughs> oh, it feels weird. <laughs> it feels weird. Um, and we're sort of starting off just talking about interesting things, the weird side of creativeness, creativity. That has creative merit. That has creative merit. It's a bit hard on the spot, isn't it? That's nice. I like it. Creativeness. That's really eloquent. <laughs> uh, and today we're going to be talking about hexafoils. Hexafoils. H-E-X-A-F-O-I-L. For anyone out there that wants to spell it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for anybody. All you, all you eager listeners <laughs> out there. All, for all you spelling fans out there. <laughs> this is how you spell hexafoil. <laughs> if anyone out there is likely to uh, go in a spelling bee soon, based on British witchcraft symbols, this should help you out. That's a very niche competition. The British, wish, w- <laughs> British witchcraft spelling bee. Uh, spelling bee competition. Please spell... Hexafoil. Hexafoil. Oh, God. Can I... Well, here you go. Let's introduce it. Please use hexafoil in a sentence. I scratched a hexafoil into the farmer's door. Oof. And that's not a euphemism. He did actually scratch a hexafoil. So yeah, so let's 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 roll back a bit. Let's 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 circle back. Let's circle back. To the beginning. And what is a hexafoil? It's um I haven't figured out how to do like visual descriptions. Well, I would say it was well, let's start off by saying it's a witch mark. It's a type of witch mark. Mm. And put a pin in the word witch, which is witch, witch, witch is witch. It's very exciting because <laughs> we're going to talk more about witchcraft uh, later on. But it is, and folk magic, a item of folk magic. And I've got a great quote here uh, I found online of what folk magic is. And it's, this was the magic of the ordinary people of the cities, town, towns and countryside. So... That's quite nice. Yeah. It makes it sound less like burning someone at a stake and more a bit like, oh, I want the crops to grow. Mm, Yeah. Yeah, it's like when you say folk art, it's pretty like the ordinary folk, Tom, Dick and Harry down the the pub painting his jug for his riverboat. Yeah, it's not not putting a cow in formaldehyde. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're not sort of setting people on fire just yet. So visually, a hexamark is... Well, a hexafoil, also known as uh, daisy wheels, mm. can be a, a circular shape with an inordinate amount of petals inside it, almost like a flower. So you have six of them on a regular one, and this would be almost, I think it's referred to as sacred geometry, where they all have the same amount of space. So if you can imagine a, a circle divided evenly by six, but often 
um, either the last petal or half of the last petal was left incomplete as a way to get the symbol to protect you. Have you got the same information on that? Do you know, I've not. I didn't see that unfinished one. One ah. of the reasons why um, it, uh, the editing pause uh one of the reasons why i saw uh, it was effective was that the encircling geometry of it all well let's say what what's what we're we protecting from we're protecting from evil spirits your demons your ghosts your average medieval age sort of crack mm. everything's coming in to not be very nice and this sacred geometry would entangle the person well the demon and they'll go oh oh blum neck oh no i couldn't come in here it's, oh, I'm all confused by this witch uh, mark. Ah, okay. So my, what I've been told or what I've read is that you would draw the shape and you would leave the last petal incomplete and you would pray to a deity. So say you want, um, you want another son. You would put that on the door of your house mm. and you would leave the last one incomplete so that the deity of childbirth would then complete the rest of the hexafall when your son was born. That's um, the information that I could find. But it does make sense that something complicated and something from sacred geometry could entangle something. So I can understand that as well. Yeah, yeah, you sort of... And it, and I think with folk magic as well is that, um, you know, you mentioned your barns and stuff, but you really can just find it from your barns to your cottages to, like, grand country houses to churches, you name it. There's probably a daisy wheel knocking about somewhere, in some sense, isn't there? If someone's been stationary and bored enough to describe <laughs> something on a wall, or has a compass on hand mm. to make this mm. geometric shape, then it has been done. Right. Editing pause. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting how we were saying it's six petals, which is um, hex, hexagon. Oh, yeah, I hadn't even made that link. But also, there's also the term of hex, as in, I'll put a hex on you, uh, of like witchcraft so and stuff. That takes it right back to witchcraft. Yeah, it's a double whammy of, you know, if you want to be really dry, so six. Uh, but I'll put a hex on you. And I've got here as well is that it's actually attested to the Pennsylvanian German uh, hexy. I don't know if I'm saying that right, which means to practice witchcraft. Oh, Okay. So I've also got it by the, another name of the Flower of Life, and that's when mm. um, people would make multiples of them and link them together, doing them in things like mosaics and putting them on decorations on things like vases and other earthware. Mm. Yeah, you really can put it on anything, really, if you put your mind to it. Once you uh, know how to do your geometry, uh, you, you're there. And like you say, you can... and. You could do them all sorts of interlinked ones. And I've got it down as well as the amount of petals. So you can have a trefoil, a catrefoil, and a sankfoil oh, as well. check that out. I know, a little bit of French in there for all you spelling fans. <laughs> Still out there. So, yeah. <laughs> so it doesn't just come from British history, then. It's, you know, it's international if we're getting French references in... I, do you know what? I haven't even seen the other one, so I, I suspect the, the other types of foils just have more or less petals dependent on the name. Yeah, yeah, whether that's... Maybe that wasn't related to folk magic and that was just sort of design of geometry. Yeah, no, I've seen quite a bit in my research of a presence in Australia. There's a big uh, presence where all the settlers must have come over, all the uh, crime and 
Griminals. Uh, Griminals. Came over um, and started doing their little bit of folk magic that they grew up doing, which is quite interesting. Well, I'm, I'm looking at a few images here from historic England, and there's one here from a house built in 1765. And, I mean, that's quite recent in the history of Hexaphores, isn't it? What's the, mm. what's the earliest that you've got a date on these? Uh, ooh, 16th, 16th century. Ooh, oh, I can 16th. beat that. 15th century barn. Ooh. Bradford-upon-Avon, nonetheless. Bradford-upon-Avon. I feel like there's a lot of magic knocking about there. In Wiltshire. In Wiltshire. Any of the shires... <laughs> Seems pretty old school to me, old school medieval. Yeah, it was the, um, well, I've got it down is actually the, the, the time period was the witch craze uh, of the early, early modern period. So it's your 1500s to your 1700s was peak witch craze. Peak witch craze. I know, I know. <laughs> or if you're very scientific, the early modern period. But peak witch craze. I like that. Maybe that could be the name of the podcast, eh? Just peach witch craze. Peach. Peach witch craze. Peachy, peachy. Peach, ooh, sexy witches. <laughs> the best kind, the best kind. <laughs> well, I'm going to have a look here, see if any of the references I've got date you back any earlier. So I'm looking at the same article that you had, and that's with the, the Pennsylvanian Dutch slash German barns in Switzerland. Oh, this article doesn't make any sense. <laughs> we're we're, we're travelling all around Europe on this. I was all say, around Europe. And some of it starts in Pennsylvania, so I don't understand that at all. Oh. Well, it's the Pennsylvanian Dutch that went to America. Maybe that is another t- podcast topic. It's the Pennsylvanian Dutch hex signs, because they're quite complicated compared to just your good old-fashioned hexafoil. <laughs> looking at lots of pictures of witches being hung, which is nice. Yeah, it's always a nice treat for the uh, eyeballs. So, so where... Oh, sorry. You go ahead first. <laughs> no, no, no. Thank you. <laughs> I was going to say um, more about the location. Where else uh, can you find... Because I've got quite a nice bit, bit of research here is that um, they're usually quite located near your windows, your doorways and your fireplaces... Because that ah. is where the bad juju, your bad spirits, are going to come swooping in. Do you know what? I had, and once again, I hadn't made that link, but I had noticed you've got them on fireplaces, doorways, mm. windows. Um, I've even seen it on furniture. And I suspect mm. that's probably a way to say, like, I want this table to be sturdy. Like, I don't want anything to embody the table. Mm. I don't want it to be um, poltergeist. Poltergeist. Mm. Yeah, I is that a word? That. It is now. It is now. <laughs> It is now. Yeah. Um, oh, I've got a Bradford upon Avon as well here. I'm just scrolling down on my Ooh, notes. Is that the nice one in plaster above a fireplace? Yeah. Well, it looks like legit. we've been looking at the same. <laughs> yeah. So it really does. Um, editing pause. I thought it was going to burp then. Sorry. Yeah, I, I keep having to lean away to. <laughs> uh, this isn't going to make much sense to anybody that can't see this. That isn't me or Katie. But we're having. Um, Argus French lagers, which are stubby little lagers, and oh, they're um, stubbies. They're quite burp-inducing. They are. They are. We'll have to just go do shots of tequila next time because that doesn't make you belch. No, it doesn't, does it? Unless yeah. I just throw it back up over the mic, and then it'll be a bit wow, a little bit be, soggy. We could do some really horrible ASMR. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would not be nice. That would be grim. That would be the time when I rip out the headphones. So uh, we've spoken about the tradition of these and the age mm. of them 
what about the actual like the modern day of it have you got anything referencing the modern day yeah i've you know i they're really still quite present when you type in hexafoil you get a few um shops selling items with them on the sort of the witchcraft the museum of witchcraft and magic i bet that stinks of incense (laughs) i've actually got a few of the bits uh from from that website in the past and it's really good actually very uh, very very reasonable not a sponsor uh, but they've got some hexafoil gubbins going on okay. as well. So it, I feel like it's definitely here. And it's even in the sort of more contemporary pagan religious movement. Um, some Wiccans like to see them as sun motifs as well. Ah, yes. So you were referencing the, um, was it the Pennsylvanian sundial or was it the Pennsylvanian daisy, which has the signs of the moon in it at the end of each spoke, doesn't it? Oh, Have that's got- juicy, that is. That's quite nice. So yeah, so these 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 sort of Pennsylvania Dutch ones are sort of more elaborately painted uh, sort of designs. You're working off your hexafoil to really go for it. Yeah, whereas the hexafoil is quite a rough line drawing, um, mm. just based on interlocking circles. Um, the Pennsylvania Dutch one is more of a ornate display piece, isn't mm. it? Like. Mm highly painted up very neat usually much larger than you would find a hexafoil as well mm. you might find a hexafoil that no bigger than the size of a palm but these these dutch ones can be you know the size of the side of a house perhaps yeah yeah you can really uh, go to town with them no they're quite beautiful actually if you google them you go ooh, ooh, <laughs> ooh! look at that look at that hexafoil that elaborate hexafoil so we we got on to the topic of hexafoil because i've been working with it design-wise recently making mm. a logo from it and I, I think it's fair to say that we were both familiar with them but unaware of what they were yeah or do yeah. you think do you think you were more aware because you already owned some items of it well i think when you said hexafoil i was like oh but when i googled hexafoil i went oh yes hexafoil yeah I, you know the, the the concept of the witch mark and and sort of the folk magic of protection is it was quite a big part of British history, I think. Hmm. But um, it was really interesting to know more about like other uses for hexafoils and stuff. Yeah, I think it's less prominent now that people are less superstitious. You know, hmm. we we understand how the earth works and how the seasons work, so we don't necessarily need to draw items around us to protect us from things that we don't understand. You know, we've got a much bigger knowledge and scientific understanding of the things around us. Absolutely. Maybe science is our superstition. Oh, that is a good quote. (laughs) Maybe science is our superstition. (laughs) In a hundred years, in 200, 500,000 years time, they went, they thought the earth was round. It was a globe. But Katie Locke knew better. I knew better. It was (laughs) a Toblerone-shaped pyramid. It's clear as day. That would be great. That would be good. If If our earth was a Toblerone. Yeah, and it had giant pieces of Toblerone inside as well you could just like have a nibble i mean yeah toblerone's hard enough to eat at its normal size so to eat it at an earth size would be quite dense well have you ever tried to dig in the ground you get to a hard bit that's the toblerone layer i've cracked this <laughs> cracked it wide open I've cracked this. We, we're starting a new movement there's the flat earth isn't shit <laughs> we're talking oh, i didn't even think should we swear that was the first that was the first swear <sighs> that was the first swear. i even hit you with the blooming to keep this yeah you did didn't you I did yeah bugger it oh I know I don't, well it's, it's a pilot you know it's a pilot it's a pilot shit it, piss and buggery yeah let's get it all out of the way <laughs> do we get the c word in yes 
Cunt. Yes. Cunt, 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 cunt. That's how you should start the podcast. We can just we can just have like a sort of audio soundscape of the word cunt, just to get everybody ready for the kind of madness that might ensue. Please note this podcast has strong language. Cunt, 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 cunt. We don't swear often, but we only say the word cunt. Yes, you fucking cunt. I love saying it in a Cockney accent. It's it's more powerful it's, when you mispronounce it. You fucking can't. Derek and Clive. Oh, Derek and Clive. Derek and Clive. <laughs> Out of Jane Crawford's camp. <laughs> <laughs> Should we go back to hexaphones? We've derailed a little bit We've here. We've derailed. <laughs> We've ever so slightly derailed. Now I've got a little bit... I've been talking about folk magic and witchcraft interchangeably, but... When you really look into it, I think there is a bit of a difference. So I did say at the start, your folk magic is your ordinary folk, whereas mm. your witchcraft, you know, um, you might be your big wizard on the top of the hill, your Merlin, you, with his broom. Whereas folk magic, it might just be something you're doing on, on an evening. Make sure your barn's all right. Make sure your horses are okay. Put a little hexafoil up right, about your business. Because really, witchcraft in them days, during the witch craze... We have got it down as an estimated, in 200 years, forty to 50,000 people executed in Europe for, for witchcraft. Flipping heck. So it's, you wouldn't want to have been seen to be um, part of witchcraft, but perhaps that's just as things moved on, you know, these symbols became part of the the visual iconography for witchcraft, whereas at the start it was more humble beings... Um, just trying to protect by any means that they understand, you know. Yeah, just trying to live. There's not much to lose if you scratch this symbol on your door and your hay doesn't rot through the winter. (laughs) Yeah. You know, (laughs) even if it never would, doing one of these hexafoils or um, daisy wheels, it it doesn't directly hurt you to do it, so perhaps that's why there's such a prominence of them in the past. Mm. And as we became less superstitious, we saw less of them because we didn't feel a need for them anymore. Yeah, you were like, well, I know the hay's not going to rot because I made sure, I know now that to keep it dry in my barn and not mm. just, oh, oh, just leave it out in rain. It'd be all right, it'd be Ch- all right in rain, won't it? Chuck it at pigs. <laughs> There's farmers listening going, oh, don't talk about the hay in the rain, please. Hay in the <laughs> rain, hay in the rain. I mean, we don't even know how hay is stored. Oh, I've been watching the Yorkshire, the Yorkshire... Shepherdess. The family, the big family, where they've got back... They've got 10,000 kids. 20 kids. Oh, my word. And she's she's still just climbing fells, like she's, there's no issue to it. She gets all the kids to climb the fells. Yeah, she does. Perhaps she, she does. just marks it down as, oh, I did that fell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did that, yeah. My brood, my, my herd. My, my herd. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, so it's a bit contradictory, contradictory in how folk magic was so important. But then there's this persecution of witchcraft. So it's quite interesting, and uh, obviously there's many hours to explore the context of folk magic and witchcraft in Britain in the medieval ages. Do we have any link towards a hexafoil being used by witches? Or is it just commonly associated because it was a mark that people were unaware of? Mm, some more serious sort of witchcraft. Well, I've got the, the term of cunning folk, uh, mm. who we sort of... I don't know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't like I say, I wouldn't say you're a full-blown wizard, you're not Merlin sort of blowing people's heads off. But you're not... Just average dough farmer. You, you, it's your sort of your day job, you know. You come to me, you say, "Oh, my toes rotting off. 
and I go, right, have a few of these leaves mashed up with a sheep's eyeball ah. and you'd be right as rain. So there is a sort of a middle ground, how I perceive it anyway, of these cunning folk who might have said, and somebody might have gone, oh, blooming heck, all my uh, sheep have died. And they go, I tell you what, do a hexafoil on your barn and ah. see what happens. So maybe it wasn't just people on their own making these, it was people being advised by not so much witches, because that was dangerous to clash mm. yourself as at the time, but somebody with a, a slight interest in sacred symbols and things like that. Herbs, somebody mm. who just, you know, it's, you know, everybody knows somebody who's really good on the allotment. They're always going, oh, I've got too many beetroots. That's, that's your cunning folk. Ah, okay. Not, <laughs> not far off like a sage, perhaps. Maybe yeah. they see themselves. It's not, it's not wizardry, it's not witchcraft, but it's a sort of natural connection to the, to the earth almost. Yeah, yeah. Something to aim for, I'd say. I'll, I'd want to be a cunning person. I'd say you're quite cunning, Katie. Oh, thank you. Quite, oh, like a fox. <laughs> evil plotting things. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't see a fox as that evil. It is cunning, though. Yeah, that's his poor stereotype, isn't it? Mm. The stereotype of the fox. Poor just thing. reinforced by Wes Anderson. Oh, what a nightmare. Wes Anderson, just just calm it down Stop a bit. ruining the life. Stop ruining everything. British wildlife. <laughs> oh, brilliant. So, so, are we coming towards the end here? Are we... Oh. Yeah. I mean, I've got a little bit on Gothic architecture. Okay. And how, do, how does it feature in Gothic architecture? Well, it's, it was on this architecture, funnily enough, website... And they're starting to find hexafoils on a mahusive scale, not as witch marks, but using the geometry within architecture. So, uh, I mean, it's found in Notre Dame, Salesby Cathedral, and all sorts, all over the parish. Um, oh, okay. Quite and that goes back uh, into Gothic buildings through the 12th and 16th century. So they were using this sort of... I suppose when you're mucking about with a compass... You're probably going to end up there. You're going to land on it eventually. <laughs> you are. You are, yeah. Because it's all regimented shapes. It's interlocking circles. So mm. they're going to be strong. If you can almost imagine the eaves of a cathedral, that wouldn't be too far mm. away from the shape of perhaps just the top part of a hexafoil. And maybe, and are they finding full structures in the shape of hexafoils? Or is it just using that... Uh, interlocking circles as as a structural diagram. I think it's a bit of both. I I saw some cracking pictures of using the that shape in stained glass. Ah. Uh, and it's quite subtle, but once if somebody points it out to you, you sort of go oh like that because the whole design of the cathedral isn't it the the top bit and the bottom bit underground all makes a, a special shape. Oh, I didn't know this. There's a special shape, and I couldn't tell you off the top of my head. <laughs> but there's definitely a shape that you're regretting makes. bringing this up. I now. know, I know. I'm digging myself into a cathedral-based hole here. Um, but yeah, and it's also used in in sort of designs in the Bible, uh, like painted, sort of illuminated sections hmm. as a sort of a framing device. So you pop your nice saint in the middle and put a nice red gold hexafoil around them. As a sort of a halo grooviness. Oh, so I wonder if perhaps the protection came after this. Perhaps mm. people were seeing these symbols within places of worship and seeing them around saints, and then the protection was almost linked to them in that way. And people would then use it through that method to say, "Well, I I, I can see how it protects my local church, so perhaps it could protect my crop." Absolutely, yeah, because like religion in them days. Was everything? It was a bit of a big deal. Yeah, it was kind of a big deal right you, now. You, you know. either followed it or you died. Realistically, <laughs> yeah, you were and, ousted. <laughs> and the whole Protestant 
Catholic crack as well. But that's Ooh. what witchcraft was, wasn't it? That mm. was a it was a direct working against the standard religion, which in at least this country of United Kingdom would have been Christianity. Mm. And anybody that was trying to produce miracles that weren't Christian miracles must be, you know, satanic. Yeah. So I think that's a good yeah, because I, I don't think you've got many Christian witches out there. I think if you believe mm. that you can change the environment around you, why would you need an all-seeing, all-being uh, entity controlling things for you when you can do it yourself? Wow, we're getting theological now. Yeah, I, like I didn't it. mean I to like get it. that deep in it. No, I like it. No, but I think it's really interesting how the countries come into sort of going mostly atheist, agnostic. I would suggest so. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of churches about, but... I would say most people, uh, at least our age group, are usually agnostic. Mm. They've been told that Christianity is true, but they're questioning it. Yeah, yeah. Oh. 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 Not interesting. Not interesting. <laughs> <laughs> We've come full circle. We've come full so, circle, funnily enough, for a hexafoil. Well, hey. hey. So what else have you got on your list there? Where I've, are we at on it? The doobie-doo-doobie-doo-doo. Yeah, I've pretty much got everything. Just a few shout-outs to some of the sources. Maybe. We'll do like a little bibliography. All right, yeah, that makes sense. Maybe, yeah, just, you know, I didn't just, I don't, I am not the font of all knowledge. I just did a bit of Googling. So, yeah, um, there's a design architects website I used. Um, National Trust website had a great article. Shout out to the National Trust. Shout out to Historic England. Whoa, I love this little shout out bit at the end. <laughs> and, so, and I've got, uh, again, the Museum of Witchcraft and Magic. Um, I've got a little booklet about the persecution of witchcraft which helped me get a little bit of a, a context hmm. to what was going on. Get the, uh, about, oh, witchcraft. I won't be doing that. I won't be shouting from the rafters about that. So Just those are my big favourite ones, yeah. <laughs> so I think in the future, or at least when we listen back to this, I think we need to have some kind of structure because I think what the ones we listen to at least have a bit more of structure about this like this will just get edited out but <laughs> I think I think I'm constantly asking you the structure because I'm not 100% sure yes. so I think maybe if we listen back to this and decide on a structure yeah um then that, that's probably the best way to do it absolutely yeah 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 Is and it... how do you end it yeah but I'll tell you what, I really need a wee, so that, I'm going to come back in a minute and just keep this rolling so you can end it if you want in, yeah. in private. And I'll, I'll, uh, I'll hear oh, it in private. My private dancer, my dancer for one. I don't think it's the lyrics. Right, he's going, he's going, he's going, he's going. He's having a wee, he's having a little tinkle. <laughs> well, hello, Vincent, editing Vincent. First of all, thank you for inviting me to do this podcast with you. That's very kind. I'm very chuffed. I do love, as you know, Vincent, editing Vincent, I do love a bloody good podcast. So I'm right chuffed that you asked me to be part of it. Because it's nice, isn't it? Nice. You expected me to say something horrible and rude, weren't you? But I'll hit you with some nice stuff. But maybe it was just the, uh, the stubby beer that I'm drinking. An official podcast round-off, though. Shall I hit you with one of them? So, yes, yeah, so that was our as-of-yet-untitled podcast. Um, boo. That was our as-of-yet-untitled podcast. Ooh. Hold, hold your hats on to when we come up with a title, because it'll be a corker. I'll tell you that. I'll tell you that for now. And thank you for listening, if you're listening to this. But maybe you're not. And I'm just talking to a wall.
Here he is. I have returned. He doth returneth in the medieval England. The stumpy beers are a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> they do doth flow across the cunning folks' urinary tract. And how I could feel that pressure building. I should have hexafoiled my crotch. <laughs> you, should, you should have shaved your pubes into the shape <laughs> of a hexafoil. Oh my goodness. That was ye olde contis- um not contraception. Lice protection. Lice protection. You cannot catch lice if your crotch looks like a deity symbol. Wow, that would be something else. Imagine that you go around somebody's house and you pull down the kex and Ooh. there's a hexafoil there welcoming you. Well, at least in the 14th century, you'd burn them at the stake. Well, or you'd think, right. But nowadays, well. I'd be like, you're really skilled with a razor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. Are you, are you an amateur barber by chance? <laughs> yeah. Trying to do it with like those six razor, six blade razors. Oh, yeah. Or even like, um, you know, those wall home kits. Just take it with a guard off. <laughs> <laughs> My goodness. My goodness. Okay. Well, have you have you done an outro? I've done. I've done. Yeah, I've I done think so. But outro. maybe this is our. This is our. We'll do with the pubes as our <laughs> official outro. Well, that was some pubes. Well, that was some pubes we talking. Could, we could sign it off like uh, BBC Four Wise. The time is seven o'clock. That was a history of pubic lice. <laughs> <laughs> that was a history <laughs> of which symbols and pubic lice. Vincent was played by Vincent, and Katie was played. By Katie. This is a French stubby beer production. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Next up, Woman's Hour. <laughs> okay, well, I'll stop it here. I think that's probably enough.